It's time to do the show. I mean, shoot it dough with Aaron and Danae, streaming on Mixler every Tuesday afternoon, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Time for the show to begin, so let's listen in. Live from a bunker, in the heart of the Ozarks, here's Aaron and Danae! Welcome to the newest and most excitingest episode of Shugado ever. I gotta say, uh, we we had a great time with this interview that we're going to tell you about here in a second. But man, if you're a patron, don't miss this week's patron pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to avoid bringing it up at no, all. No, we're not going to talk anything about specifically. Okay. I'm just saying if you support... <laughs> This podcast <laughs> network starting at three dollars a month. <laughs> yeah. I cannot believe it. So, just a reminder: if you do support us at Patreon and you haven't been there, you haven't checked your your email messages, you should be getting notifications every time we post something. Yeah, and that's one way that you can listen to the patron only pre shows that we do, uh, or you can subscribe to the specific podcast feed. Mm-hmm. And when you do that. Every pre-show is in there and every episode of every podcast on the Studio DNA podcast network. Which now includes four podcasts. Uh, this mm-hmm. one, Shoe the Dough, Sif Pop, the Pop Culture one, New Music Digest, where we listen to new music, and also Horrible Movie Podcast, now part of the network. So you'll be able to hear all of that just for supporting what goes on here. And I, that's my favorite option is the podcast feed because then it just comes right to my phone mm-hmm. and uh, I can just listen to the ones I want to and that's just... I prefer listening to all of them individually and subscribing that way. So I have all of those on my podcast player, Mm -hmm. but I go to Patreon to listen to the pre-shows and I go to Mixler for the live shows, uh, especially since I'm not on Sif Pop, Mm -hmm. um, I can listen to you guys live and pop in and chat and stuff like that. So there's lots of ways to hang out with us and we really, really appreciate all your support and Aaron is right (laughs) about today's. I'm just saying don't miss it. I'm just saying if you usually don't listen to those and you do support, or maybe even you just want to throw three bucks our way this month just so you can go listen to it. (laughs) I'm just saying. Support does start at just $3 a month at patreon.com slash studio DNA. But you are here to listen to the interview with Jason Gray. And so we want to talk a little bit about what to expect in today's episode. Yeah, I loved this conversation. I really did. I'm excited to play this for you. Uh, I will say we were dealing with some technical difficulties. Hopefully, we've sorted those out all right. Um, but there were some volume issues, so I hope you can understand what he says because, man, we got deep in this one, I think, and that's what I like. I like you know, really getting into that real human stuff. Second, you should know that just like always, we start off right in the middle of a yeah. conversation, which we really love to do. We hope you do, too. Uh, it starts off Right at the top, we were talking about about our kids uh, using proper swear words, like swear words in the right situation. So, like, but dad, that is a female dog, you know, that kind of excuse to use a word that you know they aren't supposed to use. And so that led to a discussion on cursing and swearing, and And then it led to a conversation about heart and communication. (laughs) Yeah, and it really just kind of kept going from there. And we learned a lot about not just Jason Gray's music and what he's up to these Mm -hmm. days. But more about what makes Jason Jason, and that is what we love about our interview style. And a huge thanks to Centricity Music, to Shimmy, and to Jason for coming to our studio mm-hmm. uh, to do this. We really appreciate the visit because these are the kinds of things we really love to do is introduce you to the person behind the music. Okay, here's our conversation with uh, Jason Gray. 
uh, including a couple songs at the end. Hope you enjoy it. Um, a friend and I talk kind of regularly, and she was super offended by curse words, and we were chatting about how um, if someone says the word dang, and yeah. their heart has the same space as like another word, like yeah. you could say chocolate, and if your heart is... Absolutely. Like hateful towards somebody and you're cursing them with the word chocolate, then that's the same kind of thing. Like that's where God sees your heart and your intention. So if you're using a word to express yourself and it's offensive to other people, you know, then you have to kind of weigh the um, consequences of offending people. Because, you know, the big thing in Christianity, well, let's just not go too deep, but don't let me go too deep, Aaron. Um, There is no such thing as too deep. (laughs) Go deep. Is like, I think like, we're so afraid of causing people to stumble. But the, yeah. the thing is, is you never can gauge what somebody's stumble is. And so just by walking into a room, I could cause someone to stumble if they're offended by appearance or they're offended by just whatever, you know? Yeah. So um, like short hair, you, know, you cut your hair and maybe that's offensive yeah. or something like that. So to a certain degree, you have to be willing to just be yourself and mm-hmm. kind of like have those harder conversations with people if there is an offense and then if you realize there's something about you that's super conflictive to so many people and you decide to kind of curb it, which is what I've done. I've curbed my language since becoming a Christian. I'm like, oh, I've got to I gotta be careful, like choose who I'm around, where it doesn't bother them, or keep my job in radio, <laughs> things like that. I have to be careful. And then over time, it's like, oh, I don't have to use that word anymore. But yeah. in those fights, she's so right. Every once in a while, man, I need to just let loose. <laughs> well, my wife says the same There's thing value. about yelling at the kids, too. Like, yeah. I'm just not a yeller. And she's like, they won't, like, you have to shake them out of their, you know, malaise or yeah. whatever they're going through and, yeah. and get their attention sometimes. Maybe she should try the F-bomb. That would really get their attention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's ever done that, but yeah. One of my boys, we were having a conversation, and he was getting heated up, you know, and, and, and uh, he used... Strong language, and mm-hmm. I was, I was. How old your How old are your kids? Uh, let's see. He was. I guess he he would have been eighteen at the time, but they're twenty one now. Maybe he was seventeen at the time, but but you know, just um, I had the grace to not be distracted by you know because you know like um, uh, a good listener uh, hears beyond the words to hear the heart of the person who's speaking and a great listener uh hears uh the interpreter of that person's heart which is the holy spirit you know and words are so distracting and so imprecise and i can use certain words and be saying one thing but that's not anywhere where my heart is you know and and uh you know, a, 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 a good listener is able to hear beyond this very imperfect, imprecise, often distracting toolbox of, of words and, and hear what's really going on, you know. So words are... Have you guys seen the movie Arrival? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, what I loved about that movie was... Um, do you remember how they would communicate complete ideas just with an image? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought, oh gosh, that'd be so amazing, and it made me aware of, of of how clunky spoken language is, because 
when I say, it made me aware of how clunky spoken language is. You knew what I was going to say. You got the idea of it before I got done with the words, but I kind of right. keep saying the rest of the words, you know, to complete the phrase and stuff like that. But like right. if, if you could just have an image that just communicates the idea, I thought, oh, that'd be so amazing. And then, you know, like it, 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 it got me th- thinking about the incarnation and, 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 and how the word became flesh. Yeah, yeah. All that, you know. Yeah. Became this thing that says so much more than uh, we conf- I actually did my senior communications paper on this yeah. on the idea that we have taken words to be actual things yeah. when they are they are totally symbols completely 100% symbols yeah. right so when you say a word you say dog everybody gets a picture in their head i guarantee yeah. you all those pictures have differences yeah. to them because it's a symbol for something yeah. and you can start to use other words to symbolize how that you know, zooms it's an in angry on something. dog. Yeah, yeah, it's a whatever. small dog. But they're all just symbols, yeah. and so just like a picture is a symbol, just like a stop sign is a symbol. You know, yeah. like it's when you start thinking of words as just another as you know, a tool in the tool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And 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 okay, so uh, one of the things that I had to have broken in me was that. Um, well, one of the first things that my my. Um, Mentor really worked on me about what, what was. Um, he told me that I demanded accuracy, and uh, and that I'd be in conversation with people, and I'd just kind of hang on their words and fixate on their words and demand accuracy, and which is very pharisaical uh, f- f- mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, you know. What yeah. I mean? And uh, and so I've been in a journey of. of, of of learning how to not demand accuracy and to just kind of abandon that and to not be distracted by words. You right. Know, and, because yeah. do you understand what they're saying? Did you get what they meant? You yeah. know, was, did they communicate the idea to you? Did you hear their heart? Did you hear what they're saying? Yeah. yeah. When somebody uses the word literally yeah. incorrectly, <laughs> yes, something in me clicks and I get a little <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah, totally. But do I understand what they mean? Yeah. Yes, so is it absolutely. a big deal? No, they communicated well. Thank you. You know? You know, okay, so... This woman um, posted. By the way, I do Facebook have to say page. this. We're hanging out. <laughs> we should say <laughs> yeah, it. Sure. This is how every episode starts, by <laughs> the way. We're, okay. we're hanging out with uh, Jason Gray, hey. uh, fabulous singer, great songwriter. Thank Excited you. Excited to have you here in studio. And DNA. so much wisdom already. Yeah. So uh, so I did want to introduce you yeah. at least to somebody who's listening so they you know, have some, uh, yeah. some idea of what words go with you know your name. Who so. is this master of thought? Yes, exactly. I should say something about... My speech handicap too, so everyone understands. Sure, that. But yeah. I'll complete. I mean, it, it kind of plays into what we're talking yeah, yeah, about already. Absolutely. So, so but I'll I'll, I'll 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 finish my current anecdote. But um, there was a there was a girl who posted on my Facebook page this big block of text with no punctuation, and all the grammar was wrong, and there were spelling errors, and there were all these things, and and I remember. Reading it and and having um, judgment in my heart and 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 just being like, oh, this, I was annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is what is my problem? And I went back and I read it again, and they were saying the kindest, most loving, generous things to me. Mm-hmm. And I had chosen to value grammar and punctuation over. The real thing. Oh, I'm you know so guilty I mean? of that. It's Ugh, it's, it's tough. It, it comes from. I think it comes from 
for me, I hope it comes from a good place. Like I have a, you know, a very analytical mind and yeah. I want people to be able to use their tools as efficiently and yeah. as accurately as possible. And yeah. I think you just, you also have to know who you're with too. I know when I'm with Danae, she actually, actually likes it, you know, when yeah. I, you know, help her zone in on accuracy and those yeah. kind of things. Yeah. At least I thought she didn't. Oh. She's looking at She's me like maybe no, she doesn't. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah this is awkward. Oh, no, I'm I like kidding. learning new things. <laughs> I don't like failing though, because mm. I came from sort of like a critical eye, oh, yeah, you know, totally. legalistic religion yeah. soup, and so I got I was I, I get triggered by thinking that I'm letting people down. Yeah. But over my journey has been kind of moving out yeah. of that and then into more of a. I know his heart. Like he wouldn't ever yeah. say, I think the word you're looking for is blank. And I right. would be like, oh, I've failed. Yeah, I've totally. failed in everything I've done. Everything that we've ever done is all off the, you know, yeah. I would have done that before. Right, because but. I, I see it as an opportunity. Like you're you're trying to, let's say, uh, climb a ladder and you're missing a couple rungs. It's just, it's more, it's more difficult that way. It's not that you're failing because you're doing it a certain way. I'm just, in my heart, I'm like, here, here's some rungs that will help you. you so know? you're talking about the heart. Yeah. Like that's a big part too. Cause you know, if you do get to understand someone's heart language, yeah. like for example, I also, we've been working together for six years now, right? Yeah. Six or seven. Six, yeah. Something like that. And yeah. so, uh, and we work on a really interesting way. Like every day we do a show together, you know, we talk about all different kinds of topics. Yeah. He's seen the ugly side of me. I've seen the ugly side of him and we still choose to work together. That's yeah. kind of a cool thing. Um, and that's so like cool thing. some things he'll do that people interpret wrong and i see the uh -huh. interpretation like yeah. oh they're miss they're not getting him totally. and so i'll be like hey aaron you know if you try to make more eye contact it will really help or <laughs> yeah yeah see you give it you give it so back to me in that in way, way and i appreciate I that yeah because i know your heart like i understand right. i understand i help you thing. with words you help me be social it <laughs> yeah. works out very nice <laughs> it's yeah. kind of nice that way you mentioned your speech i before yeah. you kind of go there we actually did a podcast um, on, we, we do a segment on our podcast called No Label Safe. They're mm -hmm. kind of deeper conversations about things that, you know, are like just more difficult. What do you feel done. labeled with? And yeah. You, you know, try yeah. to remove that label uh, and see human underneath. Like somebody who yeah. was um, divorced and was excommunicated mm -hmm. from a church. Uh, we've done my friend who was atheist. We bring that one up regularly because, you know, at the end of that conversation, it wasn't like we all came to Jesus. We just talked yeah. about our differences. And we did one on stuttering with, um, is it John Tibbs? Oh, John Tibbs. Yeah. 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 That was a really good conversation. Yeah. See, that guy's, I'm like, John, I was in this game first. Stuttering's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Find your own thing. It's so interesting. But no, he's gonna... I don't know if people say this to you regularly because I'm sure you kind of hear the same things in interviews regularly, but my brother stutters. Oh, and wow. I have an absolute like um this super love of that kind of language mm. I, like i get emotional like it mm. makes me feel really i don't know mm. like there's like this home to it because my yeah. brother and i would finish his sentences for him and yeah. so was that a good thing that? yeah was that like was it, did he feel like that was what he wanted from you when we were growing up i don't think we knew the difference mm, but then there yeah. did come an age where yeah. I realized it was maybe hurting him and then he, yeah. you know, my mom asked me to just be more cautious about it. And then I asked yeah. him, how do you feel? And he said, I actually kind of like it sometimes. And then as he got yeah. older. It's such a weird thing. Like, like, uh, like if, uh, um, if I'm really hung up on a word and I'm, I'm really, 
I'm really stuck. Part of me is like, somebody, bail me out here. You know what I'm trying to say. Just put me out of my misery. <laughs> that is true. But then when they do it, immediately I feel like, what are you finishing my sentences for? You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's you kind of want it both ways, right? It's this weird thing. I feel it in my heart. I feel that somebody help me. And then as soon as they do, I feel like a flash of, of anger in my heart. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm, <laughs> I'm such a mess. Earlier there was a word and I knew what you were going to say. Yep. And my instinct was to like, I know that word. I know it. Yep. And then that was it. But you know what? I know your heart. Yeah. So we're just going to bring that back around. Oh, oh, before we go on. Okay. You're talking about like complete sentences in that movie arrival or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, It's killing me that I can't remember what those symbols are called. They have a name. Oh, yeah. There's a whole book on them. I mean, something. I know that the creature is heptapod, right? Yeah. I, but I, can't, I can't remember okay. what the symbols were called. It's I killing me. We don't have to spend time on it. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. I wish I had a word for it. Or we, if nothing else, a picture of it. We could spend time <laughs> on how excited we are that the same director from Arrival is directing the new Blade, Blade Runner. Blade Runner, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could spend a lot of time Denis talking about Villeneuve. that. <laughs> um, people who have said that they have passed away and then come back. Yeah. Talk about how when they're you mean like near death experiences, near death, you mean like the kid that was like, you know, what was the name of the movie? Heaven is for real, yeah, heaven is for real, that kind of stuff. Uh, first, he was an author, okay, and okay, then he right. was yes. a superstar in the films. Okay, um, I don't, I don't know whether you believe this stuff is real or not, but it's just really interesting because a lot of them describe this thing that happens where they just know, like, they know the distance between where they are and earth or earth to the moon, yeah. like, they don't have to have conversations, they just know it yeah and that's kind of what i feel like is gonna happen when we don't have to have bodies anymore yeah we're just gonna like communicate in this totally new way and that's so exciting is it possible though that it's not again foregoing whether or not this is you know i understand you're more critical or or no 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 suspicious of this stuff but is it possible even if that's accurate if they're describing something accurate that what they're describing is more of a uh understanding what's valuable and what's important and that information what they know is not the exact number of miles, but that they know that that information is where it should be in their perspective of the universe and that it's not something that's important anymore. You would have to talk to them about that. Okay. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. There's just I don't, it's, I, I, I give a little, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as another, uh, as a deep thinker, uh, Jason, but people talk about, you know, dying, going to heaven and then knowing everything. Yeah. And I'm just like. Well, doesn't that kind of make you God at that point? Shouldn't it be more an idea of like that, <clears throat> that being in the presence doesn't make you God? If you know everything, it does. Well, I didn't say that they know everything. I just said that they well, knew no, like random but I, things. But what I'm saying, I think, is I think how I choose to believe being in the presence of God is realizing, okay, that's all that's important. The worship of this Creator is all that matters. That information that I thought I needed to know all of a sudden does not have value to me. Or do you believe that when? We pass. We are absorbed into the divine nature, Ooh. like all the like one giant transformer. And, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, like Avatar. Um, I know in psychological terms um, that, like, when you fall in love, that euphoria that you feel at first. I've I've, I've heard uh, psychologists describe it as. Um, in that moment when you fall in love with a other person, your ego boundaries um, come down, they fall, you know, and that's why at, at the beginning of a relationship that you, you feel so connected. Everything's great. So, you know, yeah. it's this, you feel so in tune with each other and 
supposedly that's not um, sustainable uh, psychologically. And so then the ego boundaries come back up, you know. But um, I've heard accounts of, 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 uh, of people who, as they were passing, they said they, they just felt a, an extreme sense of connectedness with everything. And I wonder if that has something to do with, 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 you know, if that's related at all to the idea of the, the ego boundaries going down, you know what I mean? I I feel like it, like, uh, in our, we don't have the capacity to love like Jesus loved. If we think, you know, Jesus is a human and we can't meet those, we can strive to be like Jesus, but there's certain things we'll never be able to be like, for example, he's God, we can't do that. But, um, his ability to love everyone, like, it's so impossible to to carry so many people and yeah. and their lives and you know like you have a hurricane happen like it's ha- like it's happening and you you start to care about it and then there's so many stories inside of there and you as one person yeah, can only go so far you know yeah. so i i think that maybe we're actually built to have those boundaries because i we're not able to have the energy yeah. to sustain those kinds of levels of relationship and care yeah which is why you need community yeah so, yeah. you know, this is, I, I don't know who's going to hear this. So let, <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm just being. Jesus. I, I'm, just, at least. I'm just. At least three listeners. I, you know. I'm just being curious. Don't excommunicate me or anything like that. But no, I, these are um, great conversations. Um, one Christian author. So everybody calm down. <laughs> that I was reading. Um, he speculated about how um, that. He wonders. It's it's just a curiosity. It's not a theology or anything like that. But 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 if if um, the biblical uh, model for love and marriage and that kind of a relationship is that because in our you know with who we are now in this lifetime on planet Earth, we can only bear to have intimacy with one person at a at a time, you know what I mean? Um, we, we can't bear more than that, you know, but then, uh, but that in heaven, it won't be like that. And that's why we're not, um, given in marriage, you know what I mean? Um, because we will have a redeemed, restored capacity for loving and, 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 and having intimacy, heart intimacy, you know, with, with more than, so marriage in some ways then would be like uh, me telling my kids, you're not strong enough to carry two suitcases, carry one suitcase. Mm-hmm. And so God's like, yeah, it's this whole like really understanding intimacy yeah. and love with everybody isn't going to make sense to you. So these are the guidelines I'm giving you so yeah. that you can be happy and enjoy and, you know, not have to carry two suitcases. Yeah. Well, think That's about really how complicated even the word intimacy is, is even on inside marriage but then think about it just in a relationship with friends yeah. or whatever it's so hard you can have so many different life experiences things can mm-hmm. happen to you you're guarded you know you have to stay protected against relation i've personally been through a lot of people bad relationships that really have my intimacy meter like so yeah. you know you're like for me yeah i like working on the deepest level of intimacy with one person that's safe. And, yeah, you know, yeah, I can kind of stay in that wheelhouse and yeah. learn what it means to let my guard down and yeah. take this the right way. Okay. But we have a, an intimacy that I didn't think was possible between 
uh, male and female. And certainly we've even had those conversations with other Christians who are like, mm-hmm. you two shouldn't be this close of friends, you know, those kind of, you shouldn't be in a room without windows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. So it, it does become an interesting conversation and an interesting exploration of exactly what that means. Yeah. yeah you absolutely. actually never had had a girl after as I was a married. Friend. Yeah. Once I was married, I, I never mm-hmm. had friends that were friends. until me. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's it's been a a weird evolution busting down those yeah. things, you know. Um, sometimes I know we're bouncing all over the place. Sure. That's hey, bit, listen, but, uh, that's actually what we do. <laughs> that's what we do here. I'm just doing for sure. I'm responding to things that come into my head and hope it might be meaningful for somebody. But um, you know, uh, I was talking with I was I was I was talking with another artist friend of mine. And we were talking about how um, you can feel attraction with a person. Maybe you meet them at the show or something like that. They're sure. in the audience, and and they come and they t- t- talk with you. Or, or or you know, he was working at a school at the time, and he would notice. Oh, I feel attracted to this person. And he said, I realized that the best thing I could do is is get to know them, and that a part of the the attraction was the mystery. You know. Right, and that um, for him to diffuse a lot of that was to really engage it. And once he got to know this person, you know, then everything kind of evened out. You know, mm-hmm. especially yeah, because it doesn't yeah. change boundaries. You know, right. it doesn't change any boundaries you have set yeah. up. It just changes perspective. Yeah. And yeah, I think it be, and that's also the, almost the exact opposite of what you would hear from most Christians. Yeah, in that. avoid, avoid. Yeah, yeah. But that causes a form of objectification. I yeah, think. it I does. Mean, like, oh, I can't be with this person of the opposite sex because Who all we are raging hormones, yeah. all that stuff. But like, if you get to know a person, then you begin to realize, oh, you know what? I could never act on on this impulse because it would be so it would hurt them. You know, right? Um, and uh, so demystifying the person goes a long way t- 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 toward helping you to, you know. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Having been in a lot of relationships, like yeah. that's a it's a really, you know, big thing. And then, like you said, having boundaries and learning how to say no, yeah. that's another huge journey of mine is not, not even with like what kind of exactly what we're talking yeah. about, but just in general, learning how to have a friendship with somebody or take a friendship or take a moment. Like if, for me, if I feel an attraction towards anybody, because, you know, it doesn't even have to be, like a curiosity like you're talking mm-hmm. about, Jason, um, going in and talking to them, sometimes there's something there that God wants to explore and there's something there that you, you two are connected about that your excitement and your passion mm-hmm. does something with them and there's like a, a moment of just that whoosh feeling yeah. and if we don't talk about how to handle the whoosh, yeah. then there's a huge problem because the the jump into the deep end and ride out the crazy rapids that I've done most of my life has definitely created who I am today. And I have a fearlessness of conversations with people mm-hmm. and experiences, but at the same time, there are consequences to not understanding how to feel the pulls and the pushes of emotion and excitement and still know how to yeah. like take how to breath. respond to it. Yeah. And not be, yeah. Swept away right, by right. it. Yeah. So, which, which, yeah. Oh, you know, like, uh, so oftentimes when we put f- 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 fences around all, all these things, 
it just kind of creates this anxiety uh, of, of like, oh, I'm in this room with this other person, and 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 um, and I don't think we've been as equipped uh, in our religious ins- instruction to learn how to engage that in a healthy way. We're at least me, like I only knew that I was supposed to avoid it, which mm-hmm. actually, you know, like um, there's a, uh, there's a philosopher named Peter Rollins. I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever heard him, but, but uh, he talks about um, the role of a chaperone, like at a, at a dance mm-hmm. is, is not to protect these two young people from, from desire and lust. Their role is to create the desire, because if a chaperone is with you, then the conversation in in the air is like, "Oh, what could we be doing if that chaperone wasn't here?" And then you're, you know, whereas like, um, so the uh, it's the chaperone that makes all of that very attractive and 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 sexy, whereas like a place like uh, Amsterdam or Los Angeles, all that just outright sexuality isn't sexy it's kind of repulsive you know what i mean and and, Mm -hmm. um and uh anyway i'm not sure where i was going with that but that's been on my mind a little bit lately of yeah i and i love that you said there's an objectification there with what we do um or what kind of the legalistic church culture has done i I should say yeah um that is very much the same as the objectification that the world has done it's just kind of the other end of the spectrum you know it's both saying that, you know, let's just say a woman's body, you know, is something that has to lead to sexual thoughts or, you know, Thank you, advertising. (laughs) Yeah. But so you've got the world saying, that's awesome, that's cool, let's, you know, heighten that up. And you've got the church saying, we should stay away from it. Instead, maybe both of us should be saying. And they're both kind of objectifying. Schools, too, like public schools with what young girls, you know, get in trouble for showing their collarbones and things like this. Right. It's a little extreme. There's extremities on both. Well, we have extremities on our body too. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. talking about my arms, but like there's extremes on, you know, all of yeah. it. But meeting in the middle and having conversations and hearing the heart about what people have, ex- like somebody could be listening to my experiences and going, man, thank you for telling me that there are dangers because no one said that. You know, yeah. it's just, you know, so I, that's kind of what I feel like, you know, we've talked to you about he was inside the Christian bubble mm-hmm. his whole life or not was, is inside yeah. the, you know, the Christian bubble his yeah. whole life. And I'm, outside and somehow we still meet and have uh now we're doing a show together yeah. you know so it's we've arrived at the same place from very different roads yeah, yeah. I think. and so that's a very really important place, thing i should say yeah. do you think about this stuff when you write lyrics or does it come to you or just out of curiosity oh gosh i'm i'm uh, hopelessly analytical i'm always thinking i don't know i don't know how to turn it off sometimes i'm afraid i'm not a good hang because <laughs> the the mind is my Mine is always always going. I'm grateful for it too. I, I I'm, I'm I'm grateful that I'm a curious person, but uh, you know, sometimes I wish I could turn it off. You know, uh, what's what's most important to you? Uh, I know this is like ranking children in some ways, <laughs> but what's most important to you? Rhythm, melody, or lyric? Uh, I would say um, traditionally it's been lyric. For most of my life, I'd say that's that makes sense if you're analytical. That is, that, yeah. that is yeah. a very you know analytical um, thing. They say that halfway through your life, 
you kind of shift. And I would say that my criteria now is uh, I want to be moved. Or if I'm working on a song, I want it to move somebody. So, and, and that can be accomplished through lyric or a melody mm-hmm. or a rhythm, you know. So, or volume, if you turn it way up, volume, definitely yeah, move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. You mean I think emotionally that's moved or like mm-hmm. move your rear moved? <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm emotionally moved. <laughs> uh, it's Bono who says that uh, a feeling is stronger than a thought, you know. Um, and I think for a lot of my career, I spent a lot of time trying to be a, th- a th- thoughtful singer-songwriter. And I still hope I am that. I want to be that. But um, I want that to be in service to making somebody feel something i you know? your your music does a great job of balancing that oh, it really does kind of it's one of those i i list up there with like uh andrew peterson i was just thinking or, that. Oh, that's um, kind of you to say yeah or even john foreman does kind of the same thing Gosh, where it's he's, very he's a master thoughtful and yep. analytical and the rhyme schemes are cool and the rhythms are insane but what he's saying is moving and emotional yeah. and so i'm yeah, attracted yeah. to that kind of artist yeah. for sure yeah, me when too. you can kind of paint a picture because if you paint a picture then people can kind of connect in their own stories to it. Yeah. You know? You know, uh, yes, I agree. I was going (laughs) to share an anecdote, but it may not be on point. I might do it anyway. (laughs) Um, uh, If you can make the person feel the thing, like instead of saying the thing, but if you can say the thing that makes the person feel the thing, I think that's, you know, the, the holy grail. Of songwriting, I'm not sure that our genre always values that, you know. Um, but uh, but but I, like I, I, I I've um, I value that in the music that I love. I think of here's the example that I always use uh, in the '80s. Michael Bolton had a hit, "Love Is a Wonderful Thing." Love is a wonderful thing. That's saying the thing. It's true. Love is a wonderful thing, and I'm not knocking that. It was a big song. Um, a lot of people loved it. It's true. It's the thing. Paul Simon, though, he comes along and he says, love, we need it so badly. It makes you want to laugh out loud when you receive it and gobble it like candy. And that makes you feel the thing. That makes you feel that love is a wonderful thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. So That's a perfect example. I yeah, love those kinds of lyrics. We try to do that uh, in our show yeah. every day. And oftentimes the best way to do it is just to be vulnerable about not quite understanding it or just yeah. being more human about it, not trying to have like the perfect words, but just, you know, share. Yeah. Let it be dirty. Yeah. You know, we have the ability dirty, to, huh? to That's not that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible word. That's like a Christian trigger word. <laughs> Listen, I just know it's a, just Clean a symbol. For the whole family. It's just a symbol. I was just afraid some people, you know, <laughs> take that symbol wrong. Okay, Mr. Accuracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we have the ability to edit. You know, we yeah, could right. like edit out our when we get a word wrong or um, something like that. But we don't. We like yeah. okay. keep in our humanity because people want to connect to yeah, absolutely people. They don't want to connect to like the perfect yeah. you know, words. So, well, I honestly think that's one of the things that has attracted a lot of people to podcasts is the authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does feel it. a little more. Well, let's say a lot more authentic than the morning zoo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like than that that radio team that's you know. Woo woo woo! Yeah. 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 Y
Is that what it is? I don't know. Yeah, that's heard exactly how okay. they do it too. They oh. move their arms around there like little, <laughs> like chicken, little chicken wings. Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly that's why I get excited. Chicken wing dance. <laughs> do I have to move my arms around like that? No. Nope. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you can say you are, and nobody would know the difference. That's true. Wow, I'm really moving my arms. <laughs> so um, tell us a little bit, because uh, we haven't really talked at all yeah. about your story. So okay, yeah. if you want to go into kind of, you know. What you feel are the the parts of your story that people connect to is you've kind of become an artist and and headed that direction. Yeah, what do you want to say? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, uh, I think it was R- 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 um, Rich Mullins who said that um, the, uh, the had every preacher uh, uh, preaches the same s- s- uh, s- sermon every week, but just like a a different version of it, you know, and um, something like that. He said, uh, and this this idea that that each of us is entrusted with a message that we bring that 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 all of our work circles around continually, you know. And I would say, um, in scriptural terms, um, the message that my work keeps coming back to is Romans eight twenty eight, uh, you know. For God works all things t- t- together for, for the for the good of those who love Him, you know. And um, so many of my songs are about that. Whether it's everything sad is coming untrue, um, even this will be made beautiful. Love will have the final word. The wound is where the light gets in. So many of my songs are about that, you know. And uh, and I would say that that you know, I first began to understand that in my own life uh when i was a when i was a little boy and and, and i had a speech handicap and i couldn't to t- t- talk like everybody else and and i couldn't do anything about it no matter and uh what i tr- tried to do it was still clear every time i opened up my mouth that something was broken about jason you know and and that became complicated as I began to be aware of God's c- c- calling on my life, you know. And I used to wonder how that was supposed to work. And um, I would I would argue with him about it, saying, "Lord, you can't make me your spokesperson until you make it so I can speak," you know. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience or not, but when you t- 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 tell God that He can't do something, it's like a dare that He can't resist, you know. And so. Hey, that's why I do what I do because I lost a dare with the Lord, you know. <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, I remember, I remember I was a junior in high school, and uh, and I just moved to a new town, and a girl I really liked asked me to go to her youth group, and so I was there for the first week. And the youth pastor, Dave Flavin, he came to me after youth group, and he said, um, "Hey." we'd like you to come back next week and be a part of a skit that we're doing. And here's the script. And I said, oh, well, you should know I, I, I have a speech hand goes off. Oh, that's okay. I don't care. Here's the script. And I took it home, and he told me I could back out if I wanted to, but it just seemed like this thing landed in my lap, and it was this new youth group, and the girl was there, and, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm new in town. I'm a believer, and the skit is really good. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this because – it's a good skit. It's about the gospel. And I'm going to step out in faith, and I, and, I, and I know that if I do this, God's going to meet me there, and he's going to make it so that my speech is clear, at least while I'm doing the skit. Okay, okay, Lord, I'm scared to do this. 
but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the leap of faith. I had just seen Indiana Jones where he takes the leap of faith, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> and uh, I did it, and I stuttered so horribly I could hardly get any, any words out. And I, I, I got done, and I was, I was disillusioned, and I was angry with God, you know, um, and uh, just really felt let down, you know. But the kids in the group, they, 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 they liked the skit, and they, they seemed to not mind, and they even seemed to be kind of drawn to me, you know. And, but I still struggled with that. I felt like I had a call to do music, and um, I'd go out uh, after high school, and I'd, I'd play shows, and I'd, I'd, I'd pray that the Lord would help me to be fluent, you know, and then I'd have all kinds of problems. And I began to recognize... I remember I was playing at the Coffee Hag, um, a c- c- coffee shop in the town where I lived, uh, and someone came up to me afterwards, and they said, "You know what? I just felt really inspired that even though you have this thing, you you kept going, and it just makes me feel like I need to do that too with the things that I struggle with." And that was when all of a sudden, Bing, where I began to recognize that maybe this is why. Why I haven't been healed, you know? And I happened upon a book called The Wounded Healer. And I began to understand this brokenness as, as, as not a liability, but, but an asset. And I've discovered that there's something that happens when I'm on the stage and I stutter. It is this, my brokenness goes before me. And I believe that it gives the audience the experience of, oh, wow, he's, he's broken. He's not perfect either. And I think they experience it as a kind of vulnerability that gives them permission to be vulnerable. And it, 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 opens, it opens people's hearts, you know. And, um, and I began to understand it as a gift. And it's a wonderful gift for what I do, too, because it's a very bearable humiliation. And it's one that an audience gets too you know what i mean like like if it was addiction or something like that that would be a scary kind of brokenness for the audience perhaps you know but it's a very it's yeah it's 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 a great entry point into the conversation of the virtue of weakness and brokenness and being transparent you know um and it's you know and um it's it's the least of my problems, really. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? But it does create this opportunity for a conversation about vulnerability. And, yeah. and, and um, I do believe that uh, our brokenness, our weakness, is the best thing that we have to bring to each other. Somewhere along the way, we got this uh, sense that we had to be perfect when we come together as the church, we got to look our best. We got to mind our p's and q's, and all this kind of stuff, you know. And and and, and I, I I just think that's the opposite of of helpful, you know. It creates fear and and anxiety, you know, in that community. Um, oh man, I hope they don't see how messed up I really am. All that kind of stuff. Um, everybody else seems to have it together except for me. What's what's wrong with me? All that. Um, I remember a pastor. I'd see you just look like he had his act together, and I, I, it just made me feel bad all the time. And it's like, oh, what's, what's wrong with me? He's got his act together. And it helped me 
to realize that our strengths are mostly only good for impressing each other and inviting comparison. But our weakness, our brokenness, that it creates a safe space between us. Like if you are honest and open about what you're struggling with, then all of a sudden I feel like, oh, they aren't perfect either. That means I don't have to hide. And then I might dare to bring my heart out. And then when I'm bringing my heart out and you're bringing your heart out, that's where holy healing can happen, you know. And, so, and also lots of blood. And lots of blood. Lots yeah, of it's, blood. You know, you know, everybody brings their heart out. Thank you, Aaron, for... I saw that in Indiana. Yeah. That's, that's true. Taking Bring us back out of around. that really incredible moment where I'm like having this like really intense, like, wow, this is awesome. Or, uh-huh. He did bring it back around to Indiana Jones. That's right. So you do it's, get... It's important. We'll give you a pass. It's my authenticity. We'll give you what a pass. So, but, um, but yes, I would say that this has become the heartbeat. Bring it around to the heart. And the beating heart in the hand of mm-hmm. the guy in Indiana Jones. This is the, uh, this is the heartbeat oh of what I do. And I would say that my speech handicap is what set me on that path. So that was a long answer about that. No, that's awesome. I like how you said yeah, really when you were younger, it was like your number one problem, and now you're like, it's oh, the, the least, least of my problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, Perspective does that, though. Yeah, absolutely. And time. I, I would say that it... it, it, it um, it has been a faithful teacher to me, as all hardship is, right? Hardship, the things we struggle with are our most faithful teachers, you know, and, and has prepared me for a lot of other struggles in my life, you know. Um, I was married for 23 years, and uh, my marriage came to an end about three years ago. That's a big part of my story now. It's, it's uh, anyone who's hearing this, you know that it is more painful than anyone can say. And if you haven't experienced this, uh, it's, it, it's, you're blessed. Um, and it's, it's almost impossible to convey the level of trauma that happens in, in a divorce, you know. Um, so I'm still um, piecing my life back together in the aftermath of all that still feeling lost and confused a lot of days you know um and that's one of those things like in the church environment well it was interesting because i mentioned divorce in one of our no label safes earlier and i had no idea but when we're talking to um to my friend about that she was like what we were saying basically is sometimes you can see quote unquote see sin and so people can judge you quicker because they can tell and so you can hide more or, yeah. you know, it's not like you go to go into a church environment or a friend environment and you're like, you know, here's my great sin right now or whatever. And yeah. people are comparing quote unquote sins and it's just this weird thing. Or weakness or, or pain. Yeah, or, yeah. But like sin is like Here the trigger word public, in, yeah. in, in church. Yeah. And for, for someone who goes through something like that, it is something that you, it's, you can't exactly public. get away from it's public yeah. you know yeah you're wearing a ring you're not wearing a ring so there's yeah. like there's one example or you know whispers yeah. or something and so people i don't know there's it's, it's easier for someone to comment on it or see it or yeah. things like that so have that's you, hard have you felt what have you felt during that whole process for you oh have you felt both sides what do you mean i mean have both you felt judgment what? have you felt love hmm. have you felt support have yeah. you felt you know i would abandoned? say uh, I, I've 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 felt all of those things. Um, it's interesting. 
I have a friend who I, I, I've loved and respected and admired for so many years, and he's a psychologist and just kind and gentle and wise and loving and all these things that I've, I've wanted to be. I hung out with him a few weeks ago, and I learned that he had just gone through his own divorce. And I've known him for years, and I noticed something in my own heart changed toward him where I became suspicious of him a little bit like mm. oh i wonder what dark thing is yeah, in there right, yeah, that yeah, yeah. brought this about you know i was like oh you should you should know better or or maybe i thought that because i do know better who knows what but but sure. you know it is kind of uh, a scarlet letter on you you know that 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 uh i think um undermines your authority and yeah. that kind of stuff, you know. Isn't that awful? It feels that way when, your you're, when you're like, and, oh, yeah. here's all the reasons why you're discounted as a leader yeah. or That's you're no longer one. valuable in or, yeah. you know, we can't put you on this platform anymore because yeah. here's all the marks and ticks against yeah. you. And Well, I wish you wouldn't have put me on that platform. That's <laughs> first exactly what I was the, the other thing. Yeah, you know? the, and, and maybe but, that's an indication yeah. of that. Maybe yeah. when we start feeling those things, we're realizing the honesty of none of us should put any other of us yeah. on any kind of pedestal. Yeah. Like it's, you know, we're all in a journey. But we totally. see that so much in our culture. Sure. You know, yeah. we amplify people yeah. and a stage is for a reason. It's so that people can see you. Yeah. So that you, you know, from the, the back or I also amplifiers don't think... for a reason. So people can hear you in the back. Yeah. That doesn't mean like, oh, you're better. But yeah. I think we've kind of, if you can get onto the stage, that makes you a better person. Or, yeah. you know, if you're talking every Sunday morning, that makes you a, you know, so an authority yeah. to be known is to be valuable. You know? yeah. yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so that's that's been a, a weird thing to navigate. I, I, I uh, it's it's um, it's very painful, uh, especially as a father. It 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 complicates all those relationships. You know. Um, I think the thing that I I, I, I I grieved the most was not being able to put my boy to bed every night. That was the thing that I spent the most tears on, you know. Um, I can see that hitting you today now that uh, you have a that kid. I just had a baby. Uh, and now I can't watch commercials anymore. Yeah. I can't watch, like, certain things anymore. I'm like, oh, that there's a part in me that was like either dead or hadn't existed before. <laughs> it's now like feeling. It's weird things. how it wakes you up, right? Or, or yeah. wakes up a part of you that, yeah. you know, like, oh, I didn't even know that was in there, you know, but I, I, yeah, I loved, I loved being a father and, uh, just the situation now, the way it is, you know, I, I, I won't, I won't get to be a father in the way that I, I once was. And in the way that I love the most, and it, it just it's it's hard, it's painful, and 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 um, you know, uh, my mentor who walked with me through all that, um, we talked about we desire uh, order so much, the, the the emotional relief from chaos that order brings. And so we can bring order to that kind of chaos by blaming someone else mm -hmm. or by blaming yourself, you know? And um, so he, he really helped me to, to not uh, fall into just like either 
blaming her or blaming myself, you know, but, 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 but just kind of uh, holding all of the complications in tension at all times. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know? No, and, absolutely. And, I feel and, like, I feel like we get hung up on blame so yeah, much yeah, as human like, beings. Why did this happen? Yeah. Because I need this to make uh, sense in my mind. Right. So yeah. I have a sense that I know how the where world it works. from, what it means, yeah. what, yeah. 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 All that. What are the rules? Like and, said, uh, how the world works. What yeah, are the rules yeah. for this? Because if this means this, then I want to change exactly. yeah. how I interact either in the next relationship with yeah. a friend or in, you know, does that change this? That's, I do yeah. that too. With like, okay, well, what are the rules? Yeah. You know, let me know what I'm supposed to I want to meet expectations. <laughs> you know, if I, if I blame her, it limits my capacity to um, to learn from what happened and yeah. to understand my own sin and part in it. my part in it. You know, if I blame myself, though, it's it's a it's a grab for control in a way. Like like okay, if I make it all my fault. At least I, I can I can kind of control that. I can do something about that. Yeah, you, know you I mean? can say okay, that's that was and, me. Okay, we yeah. can close that lid. So either of those are a grab for some kind of emotional relief. But if you can hold things in tension, if you can learn how to do that, then I think there's more authenticity in in, in that. And I remember him saying there is evidence enough in every marriage for the marriage to end and there's evidence enough in every marriage for the marriage to continue and um we see the evidence that we we decide Mm. to see you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um we uh we we see the evidence that conforms to the decision that we've made and and that was a meaningful understanding of all that but but uh it's been a it's been a, you know, I, it's hard to say. I really mean this. I, I, I'd really do anything to have my family back. That's true. At the same time, I almost want to say that I don't know if I'd want to. I don't have the language for it, but but I, I've. I'll say this. I value the change in my life. I value what I know now that I didn't before. I, I value the, the transformation, the, the uh, authenticity, the wisdom, the compassion that I've gained through going through that horrific experience. I wouldn't want to lose that, you know. I think um, a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Whether it's about divorce or whatever, like when you're saying that, that's how I feel about the the trauma that I've been through. Yeah. I would never want to go through that again. Yeah. But at the same time where I'm sitting today, the perspective yeah. is, I don't know. It feels like I'm sharper in my thinking in some ways. Like yes. I kind of understand how I am both something to be valued and also can be a weapon mm-hmm. at the same time to people. And I have to be very careful about how I choose to be present on the planet earth in my moments, you know? And, and that way, if, Something happens and I could have stopped it. Yeah. And I saw signs I ch- chose not to or whatever. I know now, like, how to be brave to step into those mm-hmm. times and be more vocal. Or, no, I, I don't know that I knew exactly and I need to be okay with 
not having known those things. And it's kind of nebulous because I'm thinking about so many different kind of yeah. moments all kind of in one. So I'm sort of just like throwing it all. And I hope that that made sense. But when you said that, I, that vulnerability that you just shared about, I'm not saying I want to go through this ever again, but where I am standing now. I wouldn't like, want to lose that. Yeah. It's a really interesting place to be. I think, uh, I think what you're talking about brings me in some ways back to arrival. Uh, mm-hmm. the movie because the communication of that species was outside of time mm-hmm. as well you know not just symbolic but also outside of time and i think a lot of that not of grappling with that stuff is our in- inability to be eternal in this moment right now it's our inability to be outside of time because everything is a progression everything is this cause this cause this you know as opposed to just existing as that's why it's so hard to see how something that's bad can be good because we see the progression of, yeah, oh, it's bad right. here. How is it now good? Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. it's just this <clears throat> thing that we can't comprehend. It's an experience. Yeah. yeah. But even, even experiences <laughs> inside, it's just, it's we can't But we if can't we could make a picture it. in some sort of squid ink. Yes, and then our brains would oh, adapt right, and we, we would totally to do that. It. Yes, if totally. you could get on this and develop the squid ink thing, that would be cool. Yeah. I found the quote. Okay. Um, it's by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross who wrote The Stages of Grief. She wrote, the most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These people have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. Hmm. Isn't that good? That's yeah. so good. Yeah, that's great. I've, I feel, I mean... I think all of us, we are so inclined towards judgment and being judgmental, you know. And thank God I'm so thankful that I've gone through enough experiences that it has broken a lot of that judgment in me. I am so relieved to have a lot of that washed out of my heart. I still have plenty that has to go, you know. But but, but, um, the experiences I had in my divorce and other things, have given me access to so much more compassion and empathy, you know, and also has given me um, access to more forgiveness for other people who've hurt me too. You know, I, 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 um, I had a complicated relationship with my dad for many, many years, and I, I, I wanted, I, I know forgiveness is a good thing, I, I wanted to, and uh, and but I couldn't quite get there completely until I went through this experience, and then all of a sudden it gave me access to perspective, a different kind of you know f- forgiveness and wow. So you wow, know, that's good stuff. Yeah, it's it's something. Good. Thanks for sharing all gift. that. That's oh, yeah. that's hard, deep stuff. Wow. Um, but but I think it's really important that you. Well, first of all, that you feel like you can share that with us. That's and, and an audience that you know, at large because it does speak to so many people. It's, it's that thing from stage that when you talk, there's a vulnerability that just happens when you speak, like we talked about earlier, but this one's different. This is something you're choosing to share. Hmm. Like a, not just a struggle, but nobody would blame you if you, you know, chose to keep that private. Right. At all. So that's, that's really big, but I think it speaks to a lot of people divorce, whether it's in a relationship or from something that you, you're being torn away from, whether you have a choice in it or not, that's, any kind of a death. And yeah. then yeah, and yeah. then and then you're like the closure that you're seeking that you may never have and the peace that you have to come to even though there's never going to be closure. 
I yeah. I can relate to that too. So that's wrote, really bad. That's really big. I wrote a song about that on my uh, newest record. Yeah, um, let's talk about that. So this is a song. Uh, you know, I I I I knew that I I wanted to have some kind of a song that um, directly addressed my divorce. Um, and uh, I'd worked on a number of songs, and uh, this is the one that, that felt like the right thing in this season. Um, the beautiful thing about a funeral is that you get to have the moment where what you loved is laid to rest, and you get to grieve it. You get to grieve what was, and you bury it, and you have the moment, and it marks the moment, right? So it's like a period at the end of a sentence. And and that kind of closure helps, um, helps you to heal, right? But there are all kinds of deaths that we experience where there is no funeral, and, and that complicates the grieving process. It just makes it harder, you know? And um, whether it's the death of a relationship or a dream or a belief or a career, whatever it is. Um, and so I wanted to write a song that I hoped might serve as a kind of a funeral service for people who need that kind of thing. So this is called Death Without a Funeral. I've not played it in a while, so I'm not sure if I completely know it, but it, it sounds fantastic on my CD. If I <laughs> Here we go. I'll try it. There is no stone to lay the flowers down beside No mention in the paper Though something clearly died No gathering for family and friends to eulogize It's a death without a funeral There is no book to sign for people filing in no table for the pictures where they'd say remember when No song is sung about how all good things come to an end It's a death without a funeral And if you see me, I'm still breathing Though a million things have died inside of me there is no healing without grieving No wonder why it's hard to rest in peace When there's nothing we can bury in the dirt No place to lay the memories of all the things that no way to feel the closure, no ending to the hurt. It's a death without a funeral. If you see me, I'm still breathing. Though a million things have died inside of me, there is no healing. Without grieving No wonder why it's hard to rest in peace 
one apple hadn't fallen with the leaves As I reached up I remembered How we both planted that tree With one bite I was surprised to find The fruit was still so sweet Wow, I almost cried. I did a really good job of holding my emotions in check. I clamped <laughs> it down so fast. Them? Yeah, you kill that stuff so quick, Do Aaron. we need to watch Inside Out again? <laughs> that was beautiful, man. Man, it's so true. And that last part about the, the fruit, like you, it's exactly what you talked about. That's like the perfect, I felt it just like you want us to feel it. I think Aww, what we're saying is you're was, really good at what you do. That was incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. I think that's going to speak to a lot of people. I have three people in mind that I want to share that with. Like, just, just, just. I hope so. That's awesome. I mean, in a really sad way, that's awesome. <laughs> wow, thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting me play it for you. I, yeah. I, no problem. I, uh, I, uh, it, it, it's, it's like it's a weird, I don't know. It's a weird thing. You want to make, you want to make use of your experiences at the same time, you don't want to like profit off of them in some way. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. You, you know what I mean? So like, like, so exploit is a word yeah, people exploit, use a lot. Exploit is the yeah. right word. That's the word. You know, like I don't want to exploit these things, but if I can, I, 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 you know, when you're, when you're going through divorce or, or, or someone has cancer that you love, I mean like uh, suffering is always lonely it's always lonely you know so um it's just my hope that like with my songs that uh th they might uh feel like hopefully they they help a person to feel like they aren't alone mm. in the moment when they when they hear it you know so well i think it's obvious like if someone were to hear that song and not even know what the inspiration was yeah that you have been through something that you can relate. And that is what you're talking about. Just knowing that someone's been through yeah, something yeah. similar. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's a universal experience, you know, whether it's divorce or some other kind of loss, you know. So I um, wow. I wrote it with my friend Andy, you know. So we, 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 we uh, you know, it's, the language is, is open-ended enough where you can, you can mean it for, yeah. It can mean what you need it to mean. To exactly. You know, stuff. So, yeah. so when does the album come out then? That one's from my current, uh, um, my my current album that's been out for a little over a year now. So, which one is that? Is uh, it's called remember. "Where the Light Gets In." Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that one I was listening so, to earlier. Yeah. I didn't remember hearing cool. that one. I should say I also do jokes. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> When I'm doing a concert, usually I'm making people laugh. So I've yeah, I'm we've seen that. Oh no, yeah, we, yeah, we've seen we've seen you sad. the <laughs> songwriter showcase at Momentum. I can be the, funny too. Oh people, my goodness, not just sad. No, absolutely. But, um, anything else you want to let people know about before we finish out? You know, uh, oh, new boy. projects coming up. Uh, anything that you want to make sure people are aware of? Oh uh, well, I'm just starting to write new songs. I think I think I've got a book in me. I've started writing. You know, and and. Whether or not that actually becomes a book, you know, uh, I the think birthing the, process uh, is so valuable. Yes. If you, you need know? insight 
in that process. Yeah, you've just from, been through the birthing any process. Fr- any yeah. any friends yeah. out there? Like, I'd be happy to talk to you about yeah, that. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So it's very cool. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, Research elastin. Okay, I will. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are there going to be weird pictures though that are going to freak me out? No, okay. not on elastin. Okay, good. But if you want words that you could research with yeah. weird pictures, I'm sure she knows oh, yeah. those as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, did you want to play another song then? I'd before love to. Uh, just kind of finish out. Thank you for having me. Oh, dude, thank you. <laughs> you <know>? This <laughs> has been our 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 privilege. It's a, it's been on my mind too. Uh, maybe this is the demand for for accuracy guy or the the the, uh, the people pleaser who wants to manage people's experience of me and stuff like that but it's it's been on my mind since we spoke about it like um so i just wanted to go back to it and clarify i think that whole conversation about um objectifying mm-hmm. uh i think i would want people to hear that what we mean is that uh when we are when we are uh fixated on something like that on gender mm-hmm. then we we are vulnerable to objectifying so if we if we if we fixate because we're really attracted to a person that's one way to objectify mm-hmm. if we fixate by saying i cannot be in the room or near a female especially if she's wearing yoga pants you know that right. kind of stuff that's uh, i think that that's a more dangerous version because it kind of it it sounds virtuous and i think our most um insidious sins hide underneath our virtue oh you're so right hiding place for our sin right yeah no you're so right so that's what i think we were trying to communicate thank you for clarifying that no i appreciate that that. so um that's my favorite quote (laughs) the most insidious sins hide Oh, under virtue. Just under virtue. And I learned that through going through divorce. So <laughs> so now you don't have to go through it. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. I share it with you freely. So. <laughs> um, but all right, let me play this song. Uh, this is uh, inspired by the quote by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross I shared earlier. I like to say this, that one of the things I'm most grateful for is that we have a place to bring all of our brokenness, the worst that's happened to us, the worst that we've done to others, our hurt, our regret, all of it. The worst that hell throws our way to destroy our lives. We have a place to bring it, and when we bring it to God over and over again, who works all things that t- t- together for good, he takes what might have ruined us, and he turns it around, and then he uses it against hell mm. by transforming us into powers for healing in the world. Right. So true. The very thing that would have ruined us becomes our superpower. Mm-hmm. And it is our best revenge against all the crap that's ever happened to us, you know. Um, and so the story I like to share, you know, it's kind of like, you know, how, do you remember when you used to go to Applebee's? I still do occasionally, yeah. yes. And do you remember when you'd go there and there'd be the young couple there with the unruly kids mm-hmm. kind of making all kinds of noise? And Been that couple, like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And in your heart, you judged that couple and their parenting, right? Remember uh-huh. that? Yeah. And then, do you remember when you had kids of your own? <laughs> all that judgment turned into compassion and yes. mercy. Yep. This is a kind of a song about that. It's called The Wound is Where the Light Gets In. 
This is a dream co-write for me. I wrote this with Dan Hasselton of Jars of Clay. Yeah, nice. That was great. I was halfway up the mountain when the rocks I held gave way. I came tumbling like an avalanche to the bottom where I lay. And with the taste of blood and twist of bone, my healing could begin. The wound is where the light, the wound is where the light, the wound is where the light gets in. I've stood there like a hostage with a knife held to my vein. Captive to the poison that I took to numb the pain. Cause everybody wishes they were born with thicker skin. The wound is where the light, the wound is where the light, the wound is where the light gets in. It's tricky how the heart works when the breakups and the big jerks make us never want to hurt that way again. Maybe I'm naive, but in every scar I see, the place where love is trying to break in Cause the wound is where the light gets in You can recognize a saint By the scars they don't disguise You can pick out a real sinner By the kindness in their eyes so if you're stumbling in the dark and bleeding at the shin Just remember the wound is where the light The wound is where the light The wound is where the light gets in Oh everybody one more time The wound is where the light The wound is where the light The wound is where the light gets in actually sang along with me that was awesome thank you <laughs> oh you don't tell us to sing if you don't mean it <laughs> we sing we can't help it thank you thank you for having me no you have you have graced us with your presence man i love that dude oh. that was fun and we got to sing with jason wasn't that nice <laughs> yeah yeah i wasn't impressed with my singing on that song well, you didn't sound like a monkey or anything, <laughs> I didn't think. Thanks, I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for checking out Shoe the Dough, uh, and we appreciate it. If you want to know more about what goes on here, lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash DNA. It's part of the podcast network, and for just three bucks a month of support, you can get a lot of fun perks with that. You can also connect with us on Mixler.com slash DNA. That's where we broadcast live. We do our pre-shows live. We do entire podcasts with a live audience. And if you subscribe to our channel at mixlr.com slash studio DNA, you can get a push notification on your phone every time we go live. Also, wherever you hear the podcast, you can comment, you can like us, uh, especially if it's Apple Music. I know they use that to... Uh, our Apple Podcasts, I think is what they call it now. They use that to promote the show to other people. Uh, comments are always appreciated. You can email us if you have something you want to say. Feedback at shoethedough.com. We also ask, 
If you like what you're listening to, either on today's episode or on what we do here at Shoe the Dough in general, try to share us with a friend. We would love to have more people listening to this podcast and to our Studio DNA podcast network. We have to say thank you to Chris Tilly for composing the Shoe the Dough theme that you hear at the beginning and end of the show. And uh, thank you to so many people who have done intros for this show. And thank you for listening, whether it's your first time or your hundredth time. We appreciate you hanging out with us, and we will catch you again next week.